A lot of great things coming to Rock Hill. It really was the people of Rock Hill. How many things does Rock Hill have going on? And you get to be a part of that. Now it's like, wow, I wanna be there. I wanna live there. I wanna go there. It is extraordinary. The changes that have happened and what I really believe is just the next really great city in South Carolina. Hello and welcome into Rock Hill CityCast, where we aim to keep you informed on all things going on inside the city of Rock Hill. My name is Matthew Cray. To my right, Ashley Studebaker co-hosting with me. And I have an old friend at the table today, uh, Manning Kimmel. Reunited. Yeah, it reunited. So good. Reunited. Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, WRHI OTS Media. Uh, if you would just tell us a little bit about how you got to where you are and a little bit about yourself. <laughs> You know, how, how did I get to Rock Hill back in 1984? It's hard to believe I've been here 38 years. And boy, has this city changed in 38 years. Woo! Uh, I grew up in the Northeast, uh, went to school in the South in Tennessee, went back up to the Northeast, got exposed to this crazy thing called broadcasting. One thing led to another, and uh, I ended up with my first business uh, in the broadcasting business out in Western Maryland. Was there for about six or seven years, about seven years. And uh, said, you know, I need to get back south. That's uh, where I've, I enjoy my years in college. My father used to tell me, you get this from your grandfather, who was a native Kentuckian. You have those southern roots in you. I said, good, <laughs> I'm going. And one thing, I mean, it's too long a story, but uh, Rock Hill was a place that I had an opportunity. And uh, my partner and I, Alan Miller, hooked up. And here we are uh, all these years later. We started with just uh, WRHI at 1340 on the AM dial. We now have uh, six different signals, uh, four different radio stations, and uh, we offer everything from news talk to country music to uh, contemporary Christian music to a 90s on 94.3 format. So we got it all. And a lot of sports. Oh, yeah. And you know about sports, don't you, Matthew? Oh, I, I and both of us. Did, have we did. said your name, his name? Yeah, we did. Oh, you did? Yes, oh, I did. sorry, I'm not here. Uh, I, yes. Um, <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, we're missing something. And I know you don't have to go into the full version, but I've, I've heard you tell it a thousand times, if not before your shows, then on the shows, but about uh, your good friend, Uncle Kenny. Yes. And, and Rock Hill, and oh, yeah. to, to really describe <laughs> what it was then and what it is now, if you would just share a little bit. Well, excerpt. when Uncle Kenny moved here from Baltimore about a dozen years ago, uh, he wanted to be, he traveled an awful lot, so he had to be near a major airport. And, of course, his sister, my wife, that lived here, and we said, come on up here. Great. So when Uncle Kenny came here, he sold his home in Baltimore and bought a house in Shadowbrook. I think that's where it is. Anyway, um, he got the, the, the spec sheet on the house, and it had all these different things on there. And then it had the taxes, right? It had, here's the number for the taxes. And he said to me, Uncle Kenny says, is this what I have to pay a month? I said, no, 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 Uncle Kenny. That's what you pay a year. <laughs> he couldn't believe it. He said, uh, I'm getting this much house, and this is it. I said, welcome to the South, pal. <laughs> things are much different down here than they are in those big old urbanized areas that you live in. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Well, we're going to uh, get to know you a little bit personally. We're going to put you on the clock for a minute. So uh, you can last for one minute. Does that sound could good? Be, could be dead air. Could be dead air. All right. <laughs> uh -oh. well, are, Cut that, Matthew. Are you ready? I'm ready. Christmas or Thanksgiving? Which do you prefer? Ooh, that's a good one. I think um, Christmas. All right. Pickleball or racquetball? Ooh, racquetball. All right. <laughs> lemonade or sweet tea? Oh, jeez. Lemonade. Where did you meet your wife? 
I met her in, uh, in Wilmington, Delaware. What is one of the weirdest things you have ever eaten? Oh, my gosh. Um, probably some kind of foo-foo food at a restaurant <laughs> that I didn't even, didn't even want to go to. Longest you've ever gone without sleep? Uh, probably 36 hours. Best trip you've ever gone on? Oh, been plenty of them. I guess the one to Russia or China would be a good one. Favorite movie? <laughs> Top Gun. Soon uh, to be Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I yes! know you've been waiting on that one. Uh, <laughs> something funny you did as a kid? Uh, a little bit of everything that I did as a kid. I don't know. Oh, <laughs> uh, maybe a story from my days of delivering the paper when I had a paper route thing. Yeah. Mm. Well, the next question was uh, first job you ever had. Was that the first job? Uh, yes, that would be my first paying job was delivering, delivering the newspaper. And my younger sister, who was just an infant at the time, I used to push her around the paper route and I had the papers in the back of her little carriage. And we used to go around and people used to love them. Mm, you that's know? And, amazing. And that's how we delivered the papers. And then your favorite musical artist. Oh, my gosh. Jeez. There's so many of them. Um, every Thursday, of course, we... Uh, I don't want to use that one. Uh, my favorite <laughs> musical artist. Let's see. I don't know. I, I like them all. Give us one that you like. Michael Bublé. Okay. He's oh. very good. Yeah. Yeah, he's very good. That's yeah. the one with the Christmas album everybody goes crazy over, he right? He does have a good oh, Christmas yeah. album. Yeah. He's very good. Yes. Well, very that's, good. That's a little bit about uh, Manning Kimmel. So now we'll get into <laughs> a little bit of uh, OTS Media, WRHI. Uh, talk, about, talk to us about the origin story. So OTS and WRHI, how it began. Well, you know, WRHI started back in 1944. Uh, December 14th, 1944, I think that's right, went on the air during the war, put on the, <clears throat> put on the air by some local people at the time, uh, Jim Beatty and Bill Beatty, uh, a gentleman uh, by the name of Ernest Carroll. They put it on during the war, which was amazing because you couldn't get any metal or electronics or what have you, but they did it. And they owned it for a number of years, and of course, um, they sold it to a fellow by the name of Ted Gray, who was an out-of-town owner. He never really was here in the community, per se, on a day-to-day basis. And then, uh, you know, Alan and I had a chance to pick it up in 1984, which has been, you know, we're in our 38th year. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I've always found interesting is that um, this station has always been, and I don't know why it would change, to be a community-based station. We're not owned by a large conglomerate. We're owned by us here locally. We have all local people here. Um, we do local, 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 local. I mean, that's why people listen to us. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's plenty of radio stations on the dial, but nobody's going to give you the local news that we give you or going to do local talk shows like we do or <clears throat> Lord knows the local sports that we do. Um, we've we really have become um, kind of a melting pot where – People can come together to discuss whatever. I mean, you pick the topic, we've discussed it on RHI. Uh, I mean, I can't tell you how many times we've had the mayor on, the city manager on, members of council on, uh, people on both sides of, of an issue. Um, we've, we've done it all. We've gone off site. We have lots of stories like that of where we go and what we do. So has it been a news organization from the very jump? Well, I think that I w- <laughs> it's all relative. You know, the radio stations uh, and what they do on the air changes as the world of technology changes. And RHI, which used to play music many, many years ago, 
uh, shortly after we got control of it, we got away from the music because music on an AM radio station is just not the same fidelity or quality. And talk radio was coming into vogue. There was a guy by the name of Rush Limbaugh who did a lot to bring the voice of the people to the microphones and to the airwaves. And we started following that pattern. And, of course, we've grown it into all news talk now. We have national talk. We have local talk. We have local news. We have national news, sports, sports, sports. And that's, you know, pretty much been the story of WRHI for most of the time that uh, I've been here. So you hammered community and local and that you wanted to, to be something where you are a business but also a community partner. Why did you feel why is that important to you guys? Well, we're, we're in the business like any business. We, we need to make a profit, right? A business that doesn't make a profit is going to go out of business. So to do that, we need advertisers. People don't pay to listen to the radio. It's not like television. T- TV is, I mean, a radio is a free, free product. So our advertisers have to understand, have to have a reason to invest their money in what we're doing on the air. And when we do local things, like we've just discussed, those are things that get feedback to the advertisers and cause them to want to invest more in what we do. So yes, we're in the business to make a profit just like any business, and we do that by being local. But when you live someplace, like we do, like Alan and I and everybody on the staff at OTS Media, we get involved. I mean, I can't tell you how many dozens and dozens and dozens of committees that between us we're on that we've served on in the past and we serve on today and you get so ingrained in the community you can't turn it off it's like a spigot it just keeps coming out there's more to talk about pardon me there's more to do there's more issues that need to be laid out on the table so people can understand and that's the whole thing you know the toughest thing today is to get people's time to get them to spend a few minutes with you to try to understand a complex issue. And you can't do that, I take that back, it becomes a greater challenge in today's world when everybody carries around a little phone in their pocket and they're looking for all the answers on a screen and they're gonna give you two seconds to give you an answer. That's not the way it works. You have to talk through many of the difficult issues to understand what the different viewpoints are and what the facts are. <clears throat> so how do you guys, WRHI does a lot within the community, including events like uh, the Easter Egg Classic, Boo yeah. Ha So how do you guys um, balance being a news organization as well as a small local business? Well, uh, they're both one and the same. We do all these local things because it attracts people, and that's what we're all about, getting more people to listen to what we're doing on the air because that translates into the advertisers. We do, we do these community events because um, it allows us to put a face on who we are. You know, radio is not a medium that you can feel or touch. You know, you listen to it, you hear it. But when it's out in front of you, when we're at Fountain Park mm-hmm. doing boo-ha-ha, or we're doing the Easter egg classic at Cherry Park, and any one of the number of things we do during the course of the year, Toys for Happiness, it allows people to see who is behind that microphone, press the flesh as it were, and that's good for business, and that's good for the community. I've, I've noticed in my time when I was with you guys that when, when things go bad, people turn to the media. You turn on the news, they're, they're out in a storm, they're covering a crime, 
And I know uh, you guys had a bit of a, a pinnacle event when uh, Hurricane Hugo <laughs> came through. Talk a little bit about the role mm. you guys played uh, when that happened. What a uh, experience that was. Um, it's something you never want to go through, but when you have a chance to go through it and then look back, you say to yourself, wow, we really uh, were able to up the game. Let me tell you that uh, <laughs> we, we, did not, we were not equipped back in 1989 the way we are equipped today. And one of the things that you have to have to make a radio station work is electricity, and we didn't have a whole lot of it. We had um, a tower location down on uh, Highway 72 that had no power. And a friend of mine, uh, the morning after Hurricane Hugo hit, called me up and said, where's my radio station? And I said, well, we're kind of in disarray right now. I don't have any power at the transmitter site, and I don't have any power up here at Broadcast House. He said, meet me down there in a half an hour down at the tower site. I said, okay. So we got down there, and here he comes, Vernon Terry. He has a small armada of people, including an electrical engineer and an arc welding generator. <laughs> and that electrical engineer configured the power that we needed for that uh, transmitter and did uh, whatever to the arc welding generator, and boom, we got power. So up here at Broadcast House, Cotton Howe, the former emergency preparedness director, um, we had, and he had made arrangements for us to have a portable generator right out there at the front door. And we ran a long cable into one of the studios and hooked it up and we could get on the air, which is all we needed. So the next thing you know, we're back on the air. And to this day, people who were in this community back in 1989 will tell you, I can remember at the top of the hour when you went off the air for 30 seconds to check the gas and make sure there's enough oil in the generator. And we did that for wow. weeks because where we were uh, on the power grid down there on White Street, we didn't get power back for 13 days. Wow. Couldn't Two get weeks. it back. Yeah, yeah, it was incredible. But we became a great party line. That's all we did is take calls from people. And <clears throat> it was like we were in a world of our own here. People would call and say, I've got a tree through my roof. I, I can't get out of it. Next thing you know, 10 people are on the phone. I'll be right on over there. i help you out. Oh, wow. You talk about the greatest sense of community. It was unbelievable. And we used to, with the Winn-Dixies, Winn-Dixie used to be the supermarket here. There was like four or five of them. They would call us every hour and say, look, <clears throat> this is Winn-Dixie number four here in Cherry Road. We've got batteries, but we got no ice. Winn-Dixie number one out here on Highway 72. We got ice, but we've got no batteries. We're short on bread. So we would get this lineup of what they had because people were mobbing the stores looking for stuff. And we put this out day after day after day after day. So, and it helped them divert the crowds to where they should go. Well, one day, unbeknownst to us, right up the front walkway, here comes a small army of Winn-Dixie workers, must have been a dozen of them, each carrying these bags of groceries to feed us. And just wanted to feed us and say thanks for what we've done. Mm. And this kind of stuff happened all the time. I mean, it just, it really was a memorable experience. One I hope I never have to go through again, <laughs> but really something to see this tremendous sense of community, which is really what makes Rock Hill tick. Why we get done what we get done in this community, because people are willing to roll up their sleeves, get involved, and try to tackle an issue, whatever that issue is. 
And if you look at the city of Rock Hill, or if you look at your county, they operate through a large system of committees and commissions and what have you that do the grunt work for the elected officials along with the professional staff. And from that, the elected officials decide what the heck it is that are going to do. And it's amazing. I think that's how people really buy into what is going on. I used to kid by saying, well, how does this happen? Because the other places I've lived, I've never seen such participation. And I only, the only conclusion I could get was we all drink water out of the Catawba. <laughs> and because we drink water out of the Catawba, it's got some magic potion in there that makes us want to get involved. So. so would you say that this sense of community that you're talking about, you get to see it on the front line. Would you say this is kind of your biggest reward with what you do every day? Yeah, and I'd like to think that we have a role in making sure that that continues to happen with the newer people who are arriving in the city every day. I mean, let's face it, we're growing like a weed. I mean, it used to be I could go to a restaurant and I couldn't sit down because all the people, hey, how you doing? Now I go, I don't know anybody. I mean, which is, which is showing you that the growth is real. And my biggest concern as we continue to grow as we are, and I've told this to the mayor, uh, how are we going to get these, this large group of people coming in here all at once to live in the new apartments that are downtown? How are we going to get them to buy in to what makes Rock Hill work? How are we going to get them involved in a come see me committee or in you know, a clean and green committee or whatever. We need to get this new group of people involved in our community so we just, they just don't become a bed, this just become a bedroom for them. We want them to do what they can do and bring to the table what they can bring so that our city will continue to benefit from, the, from them being here. So we talked about Hurricane Hugo, and that was one major event that you guys covered. Another one that was more recent is the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> and that one, I'm sure, was Whew. just as trying, but very, very different because of the day and age it took place in. Yeah, uh, it was very, very different. And of course, we, like everybody else, were just trying to get the information out, trying to keep people um, clear in the, in the dissemination of information so it was accurate. Um, we, we, of course, broadcast several times from out of the uh, very successful Rock Hill Piedmont Medical Center vaccination clinic. And, and uh, we've all heard about the, the famous meeting of the minds that took place. You guys were a part of that, oh, too, yeah. right? This was a doggone thing. It was a Saturday afternoon. I got a call from I can't remember who saying, can you be at a Piedmont Medical Center at 8 o'clock on a Monday? We, we got this important meeting. I said, okay. I thought I was in trouble. I thought I had done something wrong. What Principal's that, office. What is it that I had said that caused all this? And I walk in, and here's my God, there's 50 people out there. And they all sat around the room, and the next thing you know, there's Mark Nasaka with Piedmont Medical Center and Mayor John Geddes saying, gang, we got a problem. Piedmont Medical Center is not set up to vaccinate thousands of people. And we need to have space. We need to have this. We need to have that. And the next thing you know, <laughs> the mayor jumps up and said, we'll handle it. And the mayor pulled together the team. Jimmy Bagley was a big, big part of this. And they, the Warren Norman Company, of course, donated this large, large uh, building out at the Galleria that was vacant at the time, one of the big box stores out there. And overnight, this clinic was created that became the envy of all of South Carolina. 
And as we got more and more into it, you know, the, the variation, the, the, the variables were changed to make sure that it ran smoothly. And the community's response, oh, my God, hundreds, if not, well, I won't say thousands, but hundreds and hundreds of volunteers out there day in and day out making sure people got vaccinated. And when it was all said and done, 50,000, I believe, 50,000 shots. It's a little over, yeah. Were given out there at the Rock Hill Piedmont Medical Center vaccination. It was just tremendous. Piedmont took care of all the vaccine to make sure it got there. And then the city at the clinic made sure that everybody was getting the shots. They had all kinds of medical people out there giving these shots. They had people like me that could wipe off a clipboard to make sure that we got all the germs off it. Directing traffic, you go here, you go there. It was really a great assembly line that was put together that worked very thoroughly to the point the DHEC came up here and brought their film crew and did all these video stuff saying, this is how it should be done. So once again, Rock Hill showed what the community can do when a time of crisis hits it. You were involved with that, and I know on several occasions, uh, as, as far as being a point of contact and information, you held uh, on-air broadcasts with uh, community <clears throat> leaders, and I remember specific ones about small businesses. We did. Um, we had a number of, uh, of these, these town halls, if you want to call them, that were on for an hour or two where we would have elected officials, we'd have people from the state, we'd have whatever, allow people to call in with questions. And the whole idea was to get the information out so that people understood, yes, this is available here, it's not available over here. No, no, don't do this, do that. And it was just, again, going back to what our job is, which is to disseminate whatever it is that's going on in the community that the community needs to know about. Uh, because every community was operating differently. There wasn't any uniform platform. What we were doing here in Rock Hill and in York County was different than what they're doing in Charlotte or over in Spartanburg or over in Greenville. So, yeah. So the media has sort of, you know, a worldwide reputation of just pushing news out as fast as you can. But you mentioned, you know, you guys like to make sure everything is accurate. What's your biggest challenge in trying to balance, like, the perception that media have, but the reputation that WRHI has? Well, I, you know, the information comes out so fast now. Everybody's got that little thing in their pocket. And boom, 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 it comes out, it comes out. But as Matthew can tell you, there's times, many times, probably too many times, when that stuff really isn't accurate. So if something pops on that little thing in our uh, pocket or on the computer screen and it involves, let's say, some type of a police, act, we don't do anything mm -hmm. unless we talk to the Rock Hill PD or the York County Sheriff's Office and make sure it's legit, right? And most of the time it is, but there are those isolated incidences where it's not. And if you go on and put something on there that is not right, then what have you done? Mm. You've just taken a bad situation and made it worse. So, yeah, there is a process. But, and also, in, <laughs> you have to be careful, particularly with, um, in the political season, when you have candidates saying one thing and another candidate saying another thing. You know, what is, what is not. Right. And you have to be willing to challenge the candidate. It's the only word I can think of now, or question the candidate, in a way that's not offensive. You know, my job is not to embarrass mm. any candidate that's on the microphone, and we get them all, you know, one time or the other. 
because I think they'll embarrass themselves simply by what they're saying. For anybody who takes enough of an interest in wanting to know what's going on, and therein is a whole other topic. We get into politics, and we're right here, of course, on the threshold of a, an election season. We've got all these candidates running for all these offices. And how many people are really going to get engaged? How many people are really going to look beyond a political label and say, does this person know what they're talking about? Mm. Or, I mean, there's too many people that just will vote blue or red and don't think at all what really is the color back in their head. I'm glad you bring that up because of my next question. I was going to ask you to explain the difference between the national media, which I feel like has become its own uh, big thing over the past several years, and the local media. What do you guys do? Well, it's called uh, being responsible. If we go off the deep end one way or the other locally, we would pay a price for that, right? Now, as long as you can base whatever you're saying with facts, then you're okay. But if I'm going to get on there and pontificate, then that's not going to get me at all the kind of respect and reputation that you want the business to have. It's very easy to um, do exactly that. But in the long run, it's not going to benefit you. You want to try as best you can to be balanced. You can't do it all the time because of what, how things are going. I mean, it's really tough right now to be very balanced when you're talking about the economy. The economy right now is a mess, right? And we can sit here and debate all day how that's happened, but the facts would tell you exactly how it has happened. You can't escape the facts. So it's important to try to balance. We try to present both sides as often as we can about, about whatever. I don't care whether you're a Republican or a Democrat. I don't care if you're an independent. If you're on that ticket, you're going to get on the airways. It's not up to me to decide who votes for you. It is up to the listener out there. And hopefully they'll take the time and listen to the shows. And if you miss it on the air, you can just go back to the website and listen to a replay. Yeah, it does take some time. And yeah, you got to have a little bit of interest. But you're making an investment in these communities we live through your taxes, right? Don't you think you ought to know what's, what's going on in these people's heads? You mentioned um, earlier kind of uh, this thing, you know, that you guys cover sports um, at WRHR. <laughs> yeah, this thing here. This thing. That, um, um, do you, what do you think about that, Matthew? This sports she calls thing? This thing? She, she's a big sports fan, so I know uh -huh. it was just a uh, good, good, good. Yes. Uh, wor trouble with words coming out sometimes. Uh, so, yeah. Um, when did WRHI begin covering high school sports? Oh, my Lord, long before I got there. I can tell you that. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you this, it, I, it has morphed into what it is today, largely because of my partner and I, I mean, what we've done there. I mean, we're now doing, uh, it used to be they just covered Rock Hill High School and Northwestern High School. Well, now we do, I think it's eight teams. We do Rock Hill, Northwestern, South Point. We do York, we do Clover. We do Fort Mill High School, Nation Fort High School, Catawba Ridge. We do Lancaster High School and Indianland. So that's 10. That's 10 high schools on a Friday night. 10. Now, we only have, you know, four, four formats and six signals. But anyway, thank God for the Internet because we can put all these games out there on the air and on the Internet. And with the, the app that we have, you can just dial up what you want, check out the scores. And now we do an hour-and-a-half pregame show called uh, High School Football Tonight. And if that's not enough for you, we follow it up with a two-hour postgame show called The End Zone with all the highlights of the games and all these guys that call the games like Matthew. And they sit around and talk all this stuff about X's and O's. 
and that's gotten so popular that we run it twice the next morning on mm. two other two other stations. I mean, you can't get you can't give this community enough football. And we follow that up with Clemson and Carolina on Saturdays, and the Panthers on Sunday. Whew, I'm worn out. <laughs> I know. I'm tired. Uh, with the high school football element, what do you think it is that makes it so cool to the community? This community has earned the reputation of being Football City USA. Now, why is that? Pretty simple. Just go to the YMCA over on Charlotte Avenue and take a look at the jerseys that are framed of high school players, uh, peewee football players that became great at high school, went on to college, and now on the NFL. I mean, it's, a, it's dozens of players that have excelled and gone on to the NFL. I mean, just currently, you know, Jadavian Clowney, right? Stephon Gilmore, hmm. Mason Rudolph. I mean, there's others that I can't name all the names, but that's what has always been part of this community is high school football. You go to a football game on a Friday night, there are thousands of people out there, thousands. And that was really new to me when I came here almost 40 years ago because high school football where I used to go, eh, you'd have some, you'd have some, but nothing like this. Football is king. And I love the moniker Football City USA because it's so appropriate. And as someone who does call games now and again, I think I've found that people love, if they're not at the game, to listen and hear their kid's name or their friend's name or to to say, I can listen on a plane on the way to Italy. Like, people will do that, and that's kind of cool. I'll never forget being approached by – we used to do straight talk out of the old Thursdays 2 restaurant. And one day some guy came up and tapped me on the shoulder. He said, what is the furthest listener you can remember this list of your ballgames? I said, I think there was somebody in Birmingham, England. The young man said, that's nothing. I said, nothing? I've listened to you in Seoul, South Korea. Oh, wow. I said, get at it. And that's what the Internet has done. You literally can listen to your hometown radio station anywhere in the world. I've done it when I've taken these trips to China, to Russia, and to other places. You hit a button, and a few seconds later, kaboom. How does that happen? I don't know, but it works. <laughs> so you mentioned how the internet kind of has transformed things, and even the sports world changes every single day. But for you, how long you've been in broadcasting, how has technology changed from the time you began <laughs> until now? And I know we only have so many minutes, but, you know, the gist of it. we have time it. yet? We no, have to- we're good. You, you <laughs> no, can go a little good. longer. No, I can go a little longer. We don't have a hard, hard count. <laughs> I see. Well, <laughs> you don't even, do you even know what a tape recorder is? I do. I haven't You've never used seen one, them, though. but You've yeah, never seen I know one. what they are. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't go back to the days of the wire recorder, but I go back to the days of the <laughs> tape recorder where we used to have tape. And you just really couldn't do much with that except record. If you made a mistake, you had to start all over again. When we went to the digital age and were able to, to uh, paste and cut like you do with a Word document, it just changed the whole world. We don't have a tape recorder at all in, in the business anymore. All of our music is all digital. We don't even have a turntable. That's how much the business has changed. And because of this modern digital age, we can do things we never could do before. I mean, let's take these high school football games. When these guys finish doing their game, they run down on the field. They got their iPhone. They do a quick interview with the coach. How did it go? Oh, it was terrible. Oh, it was great. Blah, blah, blah. They hit a button, and that whole transmission is back to the radio station in seconds just as clear as what we're doing here on this program today. I mean, I don't even carry around a tape recorder anymore. I do all my recording off an iPhone. I mean, that's how good it is. And it's just made, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, this is as different. I guess I, would, I can only equate this to what Marconi felt 
when he said, finally got the radio on, it looked, it works, it works. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, you guys also have several community events that you do that we've alluded to. Uh, Boo Ha Ha, the Easter Egg Hunt, Prom Pledge, uh, the Football City USA kickoff. Am I missing Toys anything? for Happiness. Toys for Happiness. That's Probably another one. Probably one of our most meaningful promotions that we do during the year. It started, whatever, 30 years ago. It has morphed into a community can't really a countywide effort that generates about 30,000 toys a year for needy kids. Um, people donate toys. We don't take cash. We don't ask for cash. Obviously, some people drop off a check because they can't get to the store. But people bring in toys. And they bring them in one at a time. They bring them in ten at a time. And they come from all walks of life. And all these toys are sorted and put together. We have, of course, our secret toy warehouse, thanks to the Rock Hill School District and all. We have community volunteers that sort the toys and put them all together. And we put that together with a database of people who need. You know, I've got three kids. They're, they're the A's. Da, da, da. And, they, and they pick them up and take them home. And they, we provide a Christmas to hundreds and hundreds of families who just would not have a Christmas. So it's great. Are there any other events or anything else that you would like to add? <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else. I mean, there's probably stuff I'm missing, but we've hit the highlights. It's, it's <clears> just <throat> super cool to, to think about uh, – a station or a company that's job is to report what's happening and be fair, but also be a partner with these other uh, people within the community. And, and you know, it's fun what's, to balance. What's very interesting now uh, is the fact that CN2 has now moved into our studios mm. at Broadcast House. They have the upstairs, we have the downstairs. And we've done so many things with them in the past. We've had this partnership with Comporium and CN2 for years and years. And now we're taking that partnership to, to another level. Uh, having us all in one, one space, I think we're going to start seeing some more exciting things pop up. Um, and the media world has changed. You know, we don't really, uh, I, mean, I don't say this despairingly, but the newspaper industry today is, is, is just radically different from what it was. It's electronic. It's not, you don't have the large base of reporters that we used to have here. When I came to Rock Hill, again, almost 40 years ago, we had 150 reporters and people who work down at the Herald. Well, now that's not there. I mean, the Herald's about to become an apartment complex. So the world has changed. And different people get their information from different sources. Um, there's no such thing as a mass media anymore. I'd like to think that everybody listens to us, but that's not realistic. Um, so it's important for a community, one growing like this, to have a, in my opinion, a variety of media that people can get information, good, accurate information from. And if we're all kind of saying the same thing, maybe a little bit differently, that repetition thing will, you know, plant a seed in somebody's head and they'll start asking questions, which is what it's all about. You know, we, we, we don't want to see the erosion of local media. That would be detrimental to the city of Rock Hill and, and to York County. We've got to have a way to disseminate information so people know what's going on. And I, and I'm, my hope is always is that OTS Media will be a local media with local people who are interested in continuing doing and doing better, let's say, than what we're trying to do right now. Well, Manning, we thank you for joining us and giving us about a half hour of your time and yes, telling thank us you. about what you do. It was fun. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Rock Hill CityCast. Episodes are available each week to stream on SoundCloud, Google, and Apple Podcasts. To keep up with City of Rock Hill information, 
follow us on social media.